Hi, everybody. Welcome to another weekend, another edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on KPRC 2 Plus and click2houston.com. Great to have you with us. Randy McAvoy and Chancellor Johnson with you. A lot to get to this first segment with the Texans. Hey, draft's coming up, Chancellor. And these guys are showing up to put in some work right now. It's, it's kind of that football time again. Yeah, absolutely. Draft season is here. Will it be C.J. Stroud? Will it be Bryce Young? Or will <laughs> it be a defensive player? Remember, just not too long ago, everybody thought it was going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Yeah. Now, what you'll hear in a minute, Mika Ryan's leaving the door open potentially to add a defensive player maybe. That's quick. That's the, the, the key question is what are they going to do with that pick? In, if Bryce Young goes number one, do they go with C.J. Stroud, or do they go in a different direction? In a few minutes, we'll talk about that as well with Aaron Wilson, but that's the key question. What are they going to do? How much do they, behind the scenes, how much do they believe in these guys? Well, the funny thing is, all this could have been avoided if Lovey Smith just didn't win that game. <laughs> just imagine if he didn't they'd, go for that four. They'd that have the number one pick. <laughs> and then oh, like, man. Hey, listen, will it be a Bryce Young, or will it be a different quarterback? But you knew it would have been a quarterback now. Yeah. We just don't know, but as you were just hearing a minute from uh, head coach D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, D'Amico uh, met with the media on Tuesday at NRG Stadium for about 30 minutes minutes or so and you and I were talking man this guy's a breath of fresh air the way he handles himself in press conferences uh great answers on every question thought through I mean I, I love this I think the fans are going to love hearing during the course of the season yeah too. the energy is definitely different and you know like as you just mentioned he was well thought out in his answers of course not showing too much of his hand no one knows what the Texans would do yet but yeah um, I'm excited to cover uh, D'Amico and the team throughout the season all right let's listen in now here's a few minutes of D'Amico Ryan's at the podium there at NRG Stadium on Tuesday talking about starting the offseason and of course plenty on the draft listen in with our 30 visits, it's part of our process where we're trying to do as thorough an evaluation as possible with all these guys. So it's from the combine interviews to you know pro days to 30 visits. It's just one more chance for us to just get more detailed on guys, right? To figure out as much information as we can to make sure that we're adding right the right guys to our team. So. Uh, with the 30 visits, with not only with the quarterbacks, but with every position, guys, we may have a few more questions on. It's a time for us to get them in our building, a chance for our coaches to interact with these guys, meet with them, install offenses or defenses to see how sharp they are. So it's just part of the entire process. And, you know, been happy with the 30 visits. We had a lot of, a lot of really good guys in, a lot of you know, really great men, great young men in our building. So it's uh, it's been fun getting to know these guys throughout the process. How we organize the off season, it it starts just with first and foremost, just one on one meetings with our players and our coaches, just so just to establish a relationship, you know, with our coaches and players. And we just want our players to understand that we're here for them, and we want the best for our players, and we're here to help them be better. And that's where the off season starts, and we'll continue to be player focused and it's individualized for each player. How can we help them get better? And that's where our focus will be this off season. With the free agency process, that was very important to me to add veteran guys to our team, right? So I feel like we've did a really good job, right? Adding, you know, guys at multiple positions that have NFL experience. So we're not going into a draft where we're, there's this huge need. Right, we have guys with experience now with the draft process. We can take our time. We can add young guys who can come in and add depth to our roster and guys that we can take the time to develop right, and give those guys time to develop and grow and become starters eventually. 
Our coaches, this is a fun group of guys. Really enjoy being around each other. We spent a lot of time over the past month or so being around, but it's, it's been cool to see how all of our guys have gelled well together and work well together. So our guys do a good job of not only being here, but connecting outside of the building, right? Spending time, families, our wives, being able to interact and uh, just that's the type of atmosphere I wanted to create here is that family atmosphere and I'm seeing it first and foremost with our coaching staff and their families. It's very important for me to have the coaches input, have the scouts input, have everybody's input on a player to make sure that we're adding the right guys to our team. So it's uh, not a new process for me, been through it a couple years. So it's, it's the same. It's pretty interesting to see you know, when you go through it a few times, it's easy to kind of comp players to different players from the past. So it's been an interesting process. To me, meeting, meeting with players, it's, all, it's organic. Right? It's not a set list of questions that we go down. It's organic because each individual is different. So I don't, I don't treat guys the same or I don't have the same set of questions for everybody. It's just an organic meeting, like truly trying to understand and get to know the person, understand their why and what motivates them. Initial takeaways, Chase, we'll start with you. This, first off, very refreshing hearing oh, yeah. D'Amico Ryan at a news conference. Uh, his answers are really thought through, uh, great insight from what we're going to get. That's exciting. Looking ahead, what we'll see this season. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing from D'Amico Ryan's obviously kind of that honeymoon stage has, has kind of worn, worn off now. Now it's yeah. tensions fully on the NFL draft. And of course, D'Amico Ryan's just like most GMs and most coaches, he isn't showing, showing his hand, he or the Texans' hand. You know, will they go with number two with as far as Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Or if maybe one of the QBs that they like is off the board, could they potentially go defense? Seems like all options are on the table right now. D'Amico also addressed uh, uh, not only the draft situation leading up and kind of what he's he's looking for in a quarterback. What Anything su surprised you, what you heard from D'Amico today, specifically on what he wants out of, out of a quarterback? Right, nothing surprising. When you think about the quarterback position, ultimately it's a leadership spot. That's a big theme for D'Amico Ryans, that he wants to be for the entire team. And I thought one thing that really jumped out to me was don't put pressure on a young man. Don't make it harder for him because it's already a lot of pressure. Just the the contract, the attention, the social media, all of what the fans want. And overriding thing, try to build a winner. And he, ultimately, it starts with one little thing. Him building trust with the players that he already has in the building. Once he has that quarterback, and we still think he's going to wind up with one, then couldn't be two, actually. That, that's one thought. They might draft a couple quarterbacks. Is not forcing it and making him make him earn the starting job don't hand anyone anything yeah. and I think that's gonna be a big overriding theme for D'Amico Ryan's tenure here one of the many comments he made his news conference went about 30 minutes or so but I love the fact where he was talking about uh, somebody asked him a question about uh, just kind of the uh, the ladder so to speak of uh, the you know dealing with his coordinators the coordinators dealing with position coaches connecting with the players and he said hey I'm I'm going to make a point. I got to meet with these guys too because I, as the head coach, I need to connect with these guys. I just love the approach he's using. Yeah, you know, as far as the coaching staff goes, obviously it's a lot of new, new complete coaching staff, and some of them don't have as much experience, right? Like some of the, some of uh, their coordinators to some of the positional coaches. And so mm -hmm. he was talking about how for him he remembers the time where he was, you know, first time kind of being, you know, a, a, a coach there. Yeah. So using that experience and just really being the the teacher as as the lead man, and then you know 
for him having that experience as a coordinator in San Francisco, being the guy who's been in the draft room. So this process isn't new for, new for him, going from a defensive coordinator with the 49ers to now being the head coach of the Houston Texans. I want to talk about, uh, and kind of following up on what you just said, Chance, there's a guy who played in the game, played at a very high level, worked his way up in the coaching ranks to get this position with the Texans. That experience all behind him, not every coach has that on his resume. How, what kind of factor do you think, Aaron, we'll start with you on that, that it'll have with D'Amico, knowing he's been there and done that before as a player and the way he can connect with these guys and coach them up? Right, great question, Randy. I was talking with a couple of players about D'Amico specifically within the past seven days. Roy Lopez, as he held his annual football camp out in Arizona, and Tavier Thomas, as he was doing a community event here at Kroger, you think about the way he connects with players, and they said, man, he's been in my shoes. He knows exactly what it's like, <clears throat> how it feels, mm -hmm. and what am, where am I coming from? And he said that ability to be empathetic and to put yourself, it's a great exercise almost in anything, journalism or football. What is the other person? Where are they coming from? And he's got the emotional intelligence and the absolute institutional experience He's been a linebacker for the Texans. He's been a Pro Bowl linebacker. He's been a team captain. So there's nothing these guys are going through that he hasn't already done or nothing that he's asking them to do that he didn't do himself. And that credibility with players is like gold. Absolutely. Aaron, Aaron to that point, it's, as you just mentioned, it's the relatability. And it's also important, too, that players can remember it. They saw it. So, like, you have some former coaches who played. It was kind of back in the day. The Ryan's Ryans, this within the past decade, where players today actually saw him play for the Houston Texans. They saw him play for the Philadelphia Eagles. They they know people who still are in the league today who say, "Hey, man, Demico Ryan's he's such a great guy. I played with him baller. my rookie season. Yeah. Not only is he a great was he a great player, but he's also a great leader. So I think that type of stuff matters, especially coming from past previous coaches like Lovey Smith, who a little bit older, David Cully, a little bit older, but now they can see another guy who you know, not that really far removed from the NFL playing days. And so I think that goes a really long way with this team. All right, let's wrap it up with the quarterback question because that's what everybody cares about right now. What are they going to do with that number two pick? Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. That continues to one and two, whatever order you want to put them in. Carolina's got that first pick. Aaron, let's start with you. What are you hearing right now? Or is it still a mixed bag of what you're hearing and seeing around the country? My sources around the league tell me this, that Bryce Young has a lot of support within the Carolina Panthers building, but Frank Reich, who's going to have a lot of say in making this decision because he's the coach and he had took that job with that understanding that he was going to have a lot of say. He likes C.J. Stroud. And so it's going to be interesting to see that push-pull in that building. So if Bryce Young is off the board, and I believe that is the preference of the Texans, if he's gone, do they turn in the card on C.J. Stroud knowing they need a quarterback and he's a good quarterback, or do you go with a higher-rated player in Will Anderson, the Alabama pass rusher? And what I would say is, do not rule out that scenario or trading back. And if they do trade back, who are you trading back to get? So I would not lock in and think, if, and we just had a fan who was yelling, he's jogging, he said, Bryce Young, not CJ. <laughs> he might be disappointed because Bryce Young could go to the Panthers. Not right. saying it will definitely happen, don't take it to the bank. But there is support in that building, and Bryce has wowed the Panthers. Yeah, big questions uh, coming and uh, answers from the Texans. Should Bryce go number one? What's your gut? Chancellor, I mean, if it's just, let's just say Bryce goes to Carolina. Is in your, From your opinion, what you've seen, is, is CJ the guy they need to go with, or do they say, wait a minute, we're not sure, let's get the sure thing, and maybe it will end. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if 
Bryce Young goes to the Carolina Panthers, who I believe the Texans preferred QB, the Texans say, hey, we like Will Anderson. Or, or maybe they trade back there if they're not very comfortable with C.J. Stroud because yeah. obviously the Houston Texans need a quarterback, but you can't just draft a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. Say, hey, hey guys, yeah. we got one. Yeah. Right? If, Let's you, try you to have, see if he can figure it out. Right. You have to, at number two, it's got to be a franchise guy. And if the Texans don't believe that he is that, I wouldn't even mind them picking the best player available, whether that's Will Anderson or somebody else. All right, great conversation there with uh, our insider, Aaron Wilson. Uh, I'll tell you what, we can go on and on with that guy. There's so many topic points to, to get into, Chancer. A lot of these will be answered here in a couple of weeks. 12 picks in the draft uh, when it all begins on April 27th. 12 picks in the draft, two in the first round for now, but yep. we'll know officially in just a couple of weeks. I can't wait. All right, we are going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly for two minutes. A lot of talk on the Texans. We'll talk some Rockets with you. Coaching change earlier in the week. That's coming up on Houston Sports Weekly. All right, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on KPRC 2 Plus and click2houston.com. Randy McAvoy, Chancellor Johnson, continuing our conversation with you. Hope you're watching, or at the very least, if you're driving, you're at least listening to us right now. Uh, we talked a lot of Texans in that first segment, and uh, we're excited about the upcoming NFL draft. It all begins April 27th, runs through the 29th. Texans will have, uh, what, 12 draft picks if they don't or make now, any moves. Or now. <laughs> if they don't make any moves, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, hey, I tell you what, it was good to hear from D'Amico Ryans, and we had a good chat with Aaron Wilson as well, kind of behind the scenes, what they're thinking, the thought process right now uh, with the Texans, and much more of that in the days and weeks ahead as we count down to the draft. But, hey, this is uh, was also a big week uh, for the Rockets, Chancellor. Uh, not a shocker. Last Sunday on Sports Sunday, news kind of leaked that day. And you, you were just mentioning, actually, before that game even ended at Washington, there were reports out that, that they were going to go and officially part ways the following day with Stephen Silas. You kind of wish it wouldn't have leaked out and waited just to you know give, give Stephen Silas a little respect there. But that's the nature of, of how it all goes down. Uh, they made the move on Monday and uh, decided to part ways, not picking up the fourth-year option. Uh, pretty much expected. I mean, you weren't surprised, were you? Yeah, not at all. We, we've kind of been talking about the status of Steven Salas' job going back to, honestly, pre-All-Star break when we understood that the Rockets were struggling once again, not just in the record, but their on-court performance and the product that they were putting on the court. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny. Like, if you look over the past 365 days around the city of Houston, think about all the changes, whether it's been the Texans, Lee yep. Smith, whether it's been the Astros with James Click. You can go to the Houston Dash and their new coach they have there, <laughs> and now the Houston Rockets right. have just joined what's been kind of a you know a, a change and a shift yeah. in, in coaches and, and front office staff with Steven Silas out the door. So now the question is, who will they bring in now? It's kind of like the first phase of the rebuild. The, everybody kind of knew the Rockets were tanking and, and like they were they were they were positioning themselves for a better draft pick. Now right. that they have it. Now they can usher in, you know, maybe some more veteran players, which we'll hear from Rafael mm -hmm. Stone a little bit later on. Um, and, you know, and, and potentially, as we've all heard, kind of the saying, pray for Victor as they head into the lottery in, in about a month or so. You and I and Ari talked on Sunday, uh, just throwing out some uh, top talk points, and you, you you had an interview there with uh, with Kelly as well from the Athletic. Um, but it's a question of did Silas get a fair shake for the team he signed up to coach and. I don't know. I mean, you still got to coach the guys you're dealt with, That's but it definitely was not the team he thought he was going to get when he got here. Not an excuse. It's still about winning, and you got to get it done. But um, I'm sure looking back, he wished he would have had the chance maybe to, to coach the team 
with a couple of players he thought he might might have on the roster. Yeah, I remember like James Harden for sure. <laughs> yeah, a name uh, we all remember, and maybe we will be remembering soon again <laughs> in a Rockets jersey. Yeah, exactly. uh, but as far as what Steven Silas goes, you can kind of go back to his introductory press conference where he talks about, "Hey, I am so excited to coach two future Hall of Famers. One being James Harden, the other being Russell Westbrook, and that lasted for all of maybe." what, 10 games, max if even that. Right. So, you know, with that being said, okay, cool. I'll give you the first year as far as him not having the team that he signed up for. But after that first year, you know going into that season, you're going to have a bunch of young players in Jalen Green, Al P, uh, whether it was you know, Kevin Porter Jr. and the list continues mm-hmm. to go on. Mm-hmm. Not really, you know, much change there on his second year. Then the third year, now you definitely know. This is their second year at the helm. He talked about some of the jump that he expected to see from his players. We just never saw that. And so, unfortunately for Steven Silas, who is such a great guy that everybody wanted to root for. It just didn't work out. But, you know, as you'll hear here that, um, you know, he will walk out the door with his head held high and, and the job that he felt he did here while he was here in Houston. Yeah, Silas spoke after the uh, victory. They ended with the, on a little winning streak, in Three fact. Uh, yeah, exactly. Tied, season high. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if they could only have done that earlier <laughs> in the season. Uh, it ended there in Washington on Sunday after that victory on AT&T uh, Sportsnet. He spoke about, uh, hey, the season ending. And at, at the time, maybe down deep, he knew it was about to happen, but he knew we were kind of reflecting back uh, during his time as head coach of the Rockets. Here's a little bit from Steven Silas. For people to be fair with me and um, keep it real, which is totally fine, and that's the business, and this is the business I grew up in, so I get the business. I get it. I understand this business, but... Um, the way that I've been treated has been fair, has been um, really good, really good. So obviously the result hasn't been exactly what I wanted it to be, but I'm walking, I'm walking out the door with my head held high. All right, so Steven Silas with his comments on Sunday uh, after that victory in Washington. Players also showing support as well. I think they enjoyed, at least from our seat, we thought they did. Uh, playing for him it just didn't work out uh, and they had no choice uh, from a business side of basketball they knew they had to make a change they've got to make a hire and, and kind of you know turn the ship a little bit and get a new set of eyes on the organization and hopefully uh, spark even more interest get the fans you know reinvigorated about this team and back in the seats at Toyota Center talked about the business side of things now we understand that certain teams around the nba travel well regardless whether it's the lakers whether it's the warriors you can name you can continue to go on but it felt like going into toyota center it felt like it was almost a, a neutral at at best game for the houston rockets that yeah. should not be the case at toyota center for as we call it clutch city a gotta pr- have an advantage proud man. basketball yeah. city that has a history of winning championships mm-hmm. and we haven't seen it since the 90s but you know there was times in recent history where the rockets were knocking on that door obviously we know this is going they were going through a rebuild but the, the effort on a night-to-night basis it just wasn't there and to me that yeah. starts with the head coach there and we talked about it just he just wasn't the right fit for this current group of guys and so mm-hmm. now We'll hear from Rafael Stone in just a moment. Now you kind of have to shift. And and the phase one is over. Phase two is getting back to being at least playoff contenders, right? Like not Mm -hmm. just playing, but making the playoffs. And then and maybe two years back, okay, cool. Can they make a a push for another conference championship or, you know, a finals run? Well, 22 wins, uh, something that you got to build off of, it. that's for sure. And hopefully next season, maybe 35, maybe 40 wins. I don't know. 
uh, and you're at least knocking on the door and making some progress, maybe getting back to that postseason, the, maybe the following season. But, hey, things turn around quickly in, in, in pro sports. Depends what they do with free agency, get, you know, get the, some players and vets in here. And who knows, maybe something can click and maybe they get there a little bit faster than we think. This weekend, for the first time since the Reagan era, it almost feels like the Sacramento Kings will host a playoff game. And they're one of those teams that, Great example. You know, yep. <laughs> that, you know they right. were down the dumps. The Sacramento Kings were kind of like the, the, the franchises that was laughed at the most around the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, they have the third best record in the league. Yeah. They have the number one offense in the league. And you know, and the thing is, they've had De'Aaron Fox there for a while, who's now, to me, shout out to a Silex kid there. From local product. Houston, yeah. yeah, local product. He's been a star in this league for a long time. They had it, DeMontis Sabonis, who's been well for them too, but the key change was coaching. And adding Mike Brown from the Golden State Warriors, he has them playing defense, and now they're playing his old team, the Golden State Warriors, in this in this upcoming playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, this weekend here. And so that's how fast things can change. The talent He's is a there. game changer. Yeah, the, the experience will, will will work its way there. But you had a good coach, as many fans hope the Rockets will do. And, yep, you know they can be right back. Here. That's right. Hey, uh, let's listen in now. Uh, Rafael Stone, Rockets GM. Uh, after the decision was made on Monday to part ways with Stephen Silas. He held a news conference on Monday afternoon. We're going to listen in to some of that conversation. Uh, Rafael Stone hitting on multiple topics. Listen in to Rafael Stone right now. What do you want to find in the next coach? From, for the next coach? Um, you know, I, I think I think we want somebody who, yeah, who, who has a real vision for for how to implement our young guys, how to incorporate – um, some veterans, which which we're for sure gonna we're gonna be adding to the mix over the next this summer, but also over the next few years, um, and um, and and I think we're looking for somebody who has kind of a a dynamic presence and vision, and 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 you know they'll obviously have a new voice, and we want that voice to be to be one that we think is gonna really resonate with our group. Um, it's 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 not formulaic. It's not like oh we need to get this exact thing. It's it's, it's much more. Um, you know, trying to figure it out. I, I, I do think there's really talented people who, who are available right now. And so, um, and so it'll be really interesting to hear what they have to say, you know, when they come in, because we're just starting this process. Why did you feel Steven wasn't the right coach for you moving forward? Um, you know, I think um, I... I I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I was deciding whether or not I was going to change your question into the answer I want. I, I, will, try, I will answer your question, at least in part, which is I, just, I, I think we thought it was time for, for a new voice. And it, it is absolutely nothing to do with Steven, actually. Like, it's much more about, okay, we, we're kind of exiting one stage, entering another. Um, how, you know, what, what's the optimal way to go forward and, and trying to optimize for that? Kind of going back and not answering your question, but using it as an opening to to say something I want to say, working with Steven has been amazing. And he is as good a person as you could ever hope to work with. And I hope that the effect he's had on me as a coworker is one I have on other people. And I, I doubt I actually get there, but that's like a goal of mine. He's, he's a really good person. We've been really lucky to have him for the last three years. We, we need to find a new head coach, and then they'll make a de- they'll make a decision on who their staff is. Um, I think we had a good staff, and I would encourage people, whoever the coach is, I would encourage them to take a look at these guys. But um, but that ultimately is not 
that's that's not going to be my decision. I think I think it's important that that uh, that a coach be able to choose their own staff. All right, that was Rafael Stone uh, addressing the coaching change on Monday at Toyota Center. Uh, time to turn the page, new direction. He gave a lot of uh, credit and a lot of respect. Showed a lot of respect for Stephen Silas because I think down deep he really likes Stephen Silas, but he, no question they had to make that move. And now the coaching search begins. We're already seeing some names, Chancellor, pop up. At the time of this taping of this podcast, we've got seen like six names already, and they've asked for permission on a couple of guys as well. I don't know how soon they'll move on this. Do you expect this thing to draw out I don't, a little bit, or you think it'll I, move I don't fast? Think it'll, it'll, I think it'll move pretty fast. Yeah. Now, granted, part of it, one of the names is Nick Nurse, who um, is the current head coach for the Toronto Raptors, and right now they're in a at the time where we're taping this podcast – they're on the play-in. If they miss the play-in, then he could be a name. If he's officially out the door, then I'm sure they'll move on him right. quickly. He'll be a top candidate. But other names, Ime Adoka, who Ime Adoka, he is uh, he's a free a free agent mm-hmm. right now, as we mm-hmm. all know. Uh, Kenny Atkinson from the Golden State Warriors, another name with some experience yeah. and a resume. He actually so, turned down the uh, what job did he turn Charlotte, Charlotte job? Yep. And he decided to stay with Golden State, <laughs> yep, so yep. he's highly respected. Uh, Frank Vogel's list has been kind of like mentioned. Frank. You know, Frank has the championship. There's some names career. out there. I think people would enjoy. I think all of them bring something special should they be hired so hopefully they'll get it right Rafael Stone needs to get this right and uh, I don't know how long his leash is right now uh, to make sure things turn the corner but uh, anyway good conversation and uh, we're going to wrap it up here on this week's edition of Houston Sports Weekly great chat on the Texans hearing from D'Amico Ryans thanks again to Aaron Wilson on that and of course the Rockets the last few minutes we've been talking about the Rockets as they part ways with Steven Silas and the search will continue for Rafael Stone Uh, in the Houston Rockets future. So we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for watching and listening on this week's edition of Houston Sports Weekly. For Chancellor Johnson, I'm Randy McAvoy. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll do it again next week. Every Friday, a new episode drops on Houston Sports Weekly. We'll talk to you again next week.